with Presenting the King. We are in the midst of a series called the Glory Series. And what we're going to talk about today is number three in the Glory Series. The other two are the Appearing of Glory and Breakthrough to Glory. So I'm excited about that. This is an exciting time to be alive. It's a, it's a time when the plowman truly is overtaking the reaper because we're in an accelerated time, a time of uh, such a time as this time. <laughs> it's a time when things are happening in the Lord so quickly, boom, 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 that it seems like we're, we're planting seed, but here comes the reaper already, and here comes the sower again, and here comes the plow, and everything is happening at once. So I want to invite you to get my book, The Plowman, shall overtake the reaper. I wrote it last summer, published it last summer, and it really is a, is a prophetic book. That it, It's a teaching book, but also a prophetic book about this very season and our transitioning as we are as the church at large, as the kingdom of heaven, as we trans, transfer from one place of glory into another place of glory into another place of glory. It's, it's, it's an exciting time to be alive. So today is the, the third in the series, the glory series, and it's called Road to Glory, Thick Darkness. Interesting. Sounds like a dichotomy. Road to Glory, the Thick Darkness. Habakkuk 2, verses 14 and then through on, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. I always loved that scripture. The church, the kingdom, as we said, individually and collectively or corporately, we're on the brink of one of the greatest outpourings, the greatest revivals that the, that the, the, the Lord, that we've ever seen. So revival means glory. Revival always means glory. Um, but everybody has a different definition. So in the, you know, in many different streams in the body of Christ, revival means one thing. Glory may mean another. We've had very, very different viewpoints in both of those things. <clears throat> I was told um, a couple of years ago, I was told of a, a big revival <clears throat> in another state. And I'm a person who has been plowing for revival for many, many years preaching, teaching on revival. I'm always hungering after it, looking for it. And so I rushed over there with some other folks in some churches that I work with, and <clears throat> I was very, very disappointed <laughs> because I was looking for the glory. I was looking for that heavy presence of the Lord. I was looking to see lives change, not just a a fun, bless me time where we, you know, we have, ooh, the chill bumps, and then, every, and then we all go home and we're all the same. I want to see transformation that lasts. And so to me, you could say that one definition of revival is revealing and manifesting the glory of the Lord, both individually as a transformative experience, 
but corporately as we go from glory to glory. First, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, a mirror, the glory of the Lord, we're being changed into that image from glory to glory to glory. So we saw one revealing of glory in the, in the Welsh revival. We saw one revealing of glory in the different revivals that we've seen in, in the United States and in other parts of the world. But we go from glory to glory. We don't experience a flash in the pan and then it goes away, never to be seen again. <laughs> from glory to glory to me sounds like a progression. So what is the glory? And how do we get there? You know, if we all knew that. <laughs> um, so I want to talk today about a concept called thick darkness. <laughs> road to glory. Well, this is the road. The road to glory, evidently, according to Scripture, is through the thick darkness. When we study the glory of the Lord, we find that His presence, His glory, was always cloaked or covered in a cloud, the Hebrew word anon, carrying with it the indication of darkness, but also light, which is so appropriate because Moses went through the thick darkness to the fire on the top of the mountain. But this, this Hebrew word is often translated darkness or thick darkness. So, so often you and I, we see the darkness or we feel the darkness, but not the glory, or we don't see the glory. We, we, how do we get through that outer covering or whatever it is? Are we allowed to? You know, in Moses' time, he was the only one. You know, the rest of them, oh, we don't want to go. I, I've always said if I had been there, I would have been going, let me go with you, Ma. Moses, let me go. I want to go. I don't want anyone to go for me. I want to go myself. <laughs> but hunger, that hunger in us for the Lord pushes us on. Now, Solomon was about glory. Moses was about glory. But both Solomon and Moses, we see also connected with glory, was covenant. Because the glory can be frightening. The glory can be overwhelming. But there is such a covenant. God has made it very, very clear that we are a covenant people. He has an agreement. He has a, a legal covenant with us. And so Solomon in 1 Kings 8, his temple was completed. They brought the ark to the Holy of Holies. And verse 9, 8, verse 9, the Lord made covenant with the children. So then in 10 and 11, when the priests had come out of the holy place, the cloud filled the Lord's house to the point that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. The scripture says that, because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. Ah, that's what I want. Oh, with all my heart, I have such a desire that the glory of the Lord would fill the house. I don't want to minister. I want to be... I'm going to be on the floor before him like, like the elders in Revelation, like, like the guards in the garden. I want to, be, I want to have fallen down under the, the, the terror and the wonder and the awe of his majesty. So you and I, you know, we, we've got to learn that there's power in the cloud. <laughs> we can see the cloud maybe sometimes, but inside that cloud that is that road to glory and light and power 
And yet, in our services, we sing and we dance and we think, oh, this is so wonderful, the presence of the Lord is so nice, but there's more. And he's calling us, like Moses, to come nearer, nearer to that cloud. So if, if we literally got a glimpse of that glory, would we still be singing and dancing and thinking about the roast in the oven at home? I don't think so. I think we would fall down. So Solomon went on to say in verse 12, the Lord said he would dwell in thick darkness. Now, that's a mystery. So this thick darkness was associated with the manifest presence of the Lord and covenant. Now, when you think of darkness, oftentimes we think of, you know, the, of evil, of sin, you know, and so forth. And we know that in 1 John, the Bible tells us that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. In him is no darkness at all. So this is not the same kind of darkness. This is not the darkness of sin and disobedience because the path of, of the righteous is like the light that grows brighter and brighter till the full day. But Psalm 18.9 says, He parted the heavens and came down, and dark clouds were under his feet. Now, that's interesting. So we're talking about the road to glory going through this cloud, through this thick darkness. We've already talked about this cloud in the first two in this series, in this glory series about the cloud. So when we go through into his presence, we may be aware of this darkness, this cloud. And of course, Moses, we said Moses was about the cloud. He had to go through the cloud. Um, we'll be talking about Moses from time to time through this series. But the coming of the Lord, the day of the Lord, the third day, Exodus 19, 18. And so the whole mountain was in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. Woo! And the smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace. And so then Deuteronomy 5.23, it said, he's, he's remembering that. He's saying, you heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness. So interesting because the mountain did burn with fire. So there's a clear vision of the mountain and the thick darkness. And so Exodus 16.10, so it came to pass that behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. I just love it. So, you know, they had, they had enemies. Their enemies were the Egyptians. In this cloud, they saw the cloud in darkness, and it caused them to not be able to see how to get out of it. <laughs> but to the children of Israel, they saw the fire, and it guided them at night. So the Lord has been speaking throughout Scripture of signs and wonders and supernatural events and, and appearances. Joel 2.28, very, very familiar passage of Scripture. I'll pour out my spirit. Your daughters will prophesy. Your, your young men and your old men will see dream dreams and see visions. And on the servants, I will pour out my spirit and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. <laughs> This is a time as never before to press into the presence, the power, the provision of the Lord to draw closer, to be obedient like Moses did, to draw near into the presence and the power and the provision and hide in him, find a new place to dwell in. I've been basically saved 
all my life. I grew up on the front pew of the Baptist church. My daddy was the song leader and, and a deacon, and I heard the word of the Lord all of my life. I'm so, so thankful for all of that. But I've been filled with a raging hunger, even at that age when I didn't even know that there was more. I have been filled with a hunger to know more and more and more and never being satisfied. And even today in this hour, we're hearing about the beginning of wonders and revival in the streets. Revival just in the last six months, we've been seeing revivals happening where places of great violence were going on at the same time. They would go in and people would get saved and baptized, baptized in the waves on the beach. And so at, at the times of the intense presence of the Lord, we begin to be aware of all of these seemingly conflicting things. Clouds, thick darkness, glory, covenant, secret place, signs, wonders, miracles, all kinds of supernatural things. It's an exciting time to be alive. Now, one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 18. And so I'm just going to hit the highlights. You'll see it there on your screen, Psalm 18, verse 9. But it talks about the Lord. He bowed the heavens and came down, and darkness was under his feet. He made darkness his secret place. Uh, his pavilion round about him were dark clouds, dark waters and thick clouds. And, and the brightness that was before him, the thick clouds passed and hailstones and coals of fire. I mean, this is just amazing. And then Psalm 97, clouds and darkness are round about him. But at the end of that scripture, verse 6, it says, the heavens declare his righteousness and all the people see his glory. So we cry like Moses, let us see your glory. So as we draw near, as we think about this, this day of the Lord that the scripture talks about, as we, as we continue to avail ourselves of the promise of covenant through this darkness, you know in Genesis he said, I set my bow in the cloud and it'll be a token of the covenant between me and the earth and then in Ezekiel. Uh, another uh, thing, 128, as the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud, so is the appearance of the brightness round about and the likeness of what? The glory of the Lord. Ooh! So Moses, of course, was going on behalf of the people. But because of the indwelling of Christ, because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we are able to go into the cloud, go into the, through the thick darkness, make our road through the wilderness, and draw near to him for ourselves. Exodus 20, 21, the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near, that's our key word here, drew near into the thick darkness where God was. So, I want to talk about the cloud of darkness that is often around us in our carnal soul. We are a spirit that has been united with God, but we have a soul, a mind, a will, and emotions that are continuing to be born again, that are continuing to learn to walk with God, and a body that's continuing to submit itself to divine healing and divine health. And oftentimes, this dark cloud around us, unlike maybe the dark cloud that is around the Lord, 
or maybe they come and they meld together. But in us, that carnal soul cries out. And the psalmist cries out and says, don't hide your face from me. I'm in distress. Don't uh, turn. When I call, please turn your ear to me for my days vanish like smoke. I mean, this is a whining and complaining scripture if ever there was one. Because of my loud groaning, I'm like a desert, like an owl. And so we have this conflict in our carnal soul, in our mind, our will, and our emotions as we try to make our way into and through the dark clouds of ourself and the dark clouds surrounding the glory of the Lord. We're all on a spiritual journey, all of our saved lives. And all of our saved lives on this spiritual journey, we are making our way toward His glory. And so, really, when we start out our journey, when we get saved, we're not really who we're going to be because we're going to be changed. <laughs> Remember, from glory to glory. So, my mind, I put on the mind of Christ. Every day, I put on the mind of Christ. And then every afternoon, I slip back. <laughs> I, I might say things I shouldn't say. I think things I shouldn't think. But I'm continuing on my journey. You and I, were making our way. This is the road to glory through the thick darkness surrounding him, through the, the darkness surrounding us as we make our way. And prayer is communion and, and communication with him, and it details that journey. That guy in the Psalms there, he was whining and complaining. Well, I whined and complained, I admit it. <laughs> and I'm sure you have too. But we're making our way, and we're in progress. We're not perfect. We're in progress. And so as we continue to seek the Lord, we continue to draw near to him, there may be flashes of his glory. There may be flashes of his presence but we're moving from glory to glory into a place where we dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. So as we progress, our carnal self has to die. Paul said, I die daily. And so we go to where it's no longer we who live, but Christ the light who lives in us banishing our darkness. And every day we choose, we choose, we choose. Paul says, I, I die daily. My carnal self must die, though it still seeks to live. But we put on the mind and the will and the emotions. And so that light is the road through the dark clouds of our human self to union with God. Sometimes um, the, there's a group called the mystics that lived hundreds of years ago. And they say that that, that kind of fight is often like the crucifixion of the ego and it's like a it's like a, a suspension between two irreconcilable um, opposites you know it's like he's he's one thing and we're another and and it's we're not the same but we're becoming and so the fight to become and to continually choose is the way that we have to pass and it, it, it almost feels like disintegration in some ways because what we always used to do we don't do anymore we can't do anymore because that's not really who we are that was our false self and we're learning we're seeking him to be to, to become who we were created to be in essence and so I had a speaker at one of our conferences our firestorm Houston conferences you can look that up on YouTube and uh, see a lot of our pictures also on Facebook but 
she was teaching, famous prophet, she was teaching, and she said, I feel like the Lord has taken out my motherboard, and I don't know who I am anymore. And what she meant, for those of you who don't know what a motherboard is, I didn't really either. <laughs> but what she meant was the, the, the hard drive of the computer. You take out the hard drive, it's just a shell. And that's kind of the way we feel as we be begin this process. And, you know, Jesus, even Jesus drew away, Luke 5, 16. He withdrew to the wilderness and prayed. So we have to draw away when we get into this conflict and we get frightened and we don't know who we are. We have to wait on the Lord. There's a time of waiting on the Lord, but also a time during that, that of purification. We, you, you may feel lonely. You may feel isolated. You may have anguish even because part of you is changing, and change is hard for all of us. But Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. So we have to quieten the soul. We have to still the soul. We have to tell the soul. You know, I love one of the famous faith teachers. He was so funny. He said, I have to take authority over my, my body. He said, I take authority over my body, and I tell it what to do. And he said, my body says... Give me a pie. Give me some pie. Give me some pie. And I say, shut up, body. And, and, my, and my body says, give me half a piece. Give me half a piece. Because the body and the carnal soul always are demanding, like a child, demanding, demanding, demanding. But the spirit man learns to take authority over those carnal desires in the flesh so that the, so that the carnal soul and the carnal body... <laughs> Learn to obey the realm of the Spirit. The Apostle Paul says, I must decrease and he must increase. And so the mystics say that approaching the presence and the glory of the Lord while stilling the soul is going through what they call the cloud of unknowing. In other words, you don't know where you're going. Abraham went out. He didn't know where he was going. It was hard for him. He had a lot of people depending on him. And you and I, even today, with all that we know, what we've heard, the preaching, the teaching, um, this is a time to submit in faith, even going through this darkness, not really understanding with our intellect what's coming, going on with us in the falling away of that natural mind to give way to the Spirit, the Shekinah glory begins to pierce the darkness of the carnal flesh. And so it's, it's, a, it's a kind of thing, you know, where God said they draw, they, they are close to me, but their heart is far from me. And so you and I, we have to say, Lord, where is my heart? Oftentimes when we're walking toward God and we start walking through this thick darkness, it's like the dark in a cave. I went as a child with my family to a place called Carlsbad Caverns in the United States, I think New Mexico, and when you get in there and they turn the lights off, you can't tell whether you're going up or whether you're going down. You can't, you're afraid to take a step because you can't see where you're going. Well, that's the carnal soul trying to make its way into a spiritual, supernatural journey. And it feels dark like that in the cave. It feels dark. The darkness takes away the effectiveness of our natural senses. We can't see. We, 
we, in this place in the spirit, we can't feel God all of a sudden. Uh, we, we've, sometimes we feel less of God than we've felt before. We feel empty and deserted and alone and because we're, we're oftentimes trying to make this journey down this road to glory with our understanding, with our intellect. That does not work. God is a spirit. He is a spirit. And he can only be found in the spirit. So we say in this time, God, I trust you no matter what. I trust you. I won't back out. I won't say, I want to see, I want to feel, I want to, you know, sometimes even when he, when he feels the furthest away, our spirit man will pray. And that's what praying in the Holy Spirit does. We pray in the Holy Spirit and then Holy Spirit, as we speak in tongues, oh, those dread words, you know, a lot of people say, oh, that's the devil. No, that's the Holy Spirit. Read Read Corinthians about the gifts of the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit praying through us. What a comfort. What a joy. When my mind doesn't know what to pray. When, my, my, when, when the circumstances are overwhelming and I don't know what to do and I don't know what to pray, Holy Spirit begins to pray. And, and so Micah 7 verse 8 and 9 says, Oh, my enemy, don't rejoice against me because when I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. He will bring me forth to the light, and I will behold his righteousness. John tells us that we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. Now Moses went in and out of the presence of the Shekinah many, many times, and the people who didn't know that and weren't allowed to go and didn't know about the Shekinah, just knew there was fire on the mountain, his face would shine. I have had people tell me, even many years ago, when I really had never taught anything like this before, I've, I've had people tell me that they could tell when I had been in the Word because my face would shine. I'd go to the mirror and I'd go, I don't think it's shining. <laughs> but that's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's time for us to press forward through the thick darkness of our own natural soul and through the darkness surrounding the Lord to that fire, to that glory. The road to glory lies through the darkness, the darkness surrounding us and the darkness surrounding the Lord. And when we go into that place in God, we will experience, as Moses and Solomon did, the Shekinah glory of the Lord, the Shekinah fire, the revelation that comes from his presence. Truly, truly, thick darkness is our friend in some ways because we follow through and we allow the Spirit to guide us into that place of great light. So my prayer for you today and my prayer for myself is that we are taken by the Lord, spurred on by hunger to press through the darkness surrounding us, press through that unknowing, that inability to know, that inability to know into the brightness of the full day of the Shekinah glory. I pray that for you today. Let the light of God pierce through 
the darkness and the circumstances around you because there's more in God than we've known. And it's all glorious, shining with his great glory. Amen. You